Coming up on the Cliff Notes Podcast Week 7 pregame show, we go over all the scores and schedules in the MEC and in the city of St. Joseph. Plus, one city score returns, another one has to sit out. We'll tell you all about that, and we have a big preview of the matchup between Maryville and Lincoln Prep, all coming up on the Cliff Notes Podcast Week 7 pregame show. Welcome, everybody, to the Week 7 pregame show here on the Cliff Notes Podcast. I'm your host, Clifton Grooms. This is segment one where we cover the city and the Midland Empire Conference. We got a lot to get to, so let's not waste any time. Let's run down some scores from last week. The Central Indians tried everything they could to fight back to get into the ball game last week against Oak Park, but ultimately ended up falling in the game 46-24. to After Lafayette's game against Central when Week 5 was canceled, the Fighting Irish returned back to the field on Week 6 and made a statement over Chillicothe. 33-7 was the final. Bishop LeBlanc picked up their second win of the season over Kansas City East Christian. 60-44 was the final there. And Marceline, 58, St. Joe Christian, 14. And in the MEC, Savannah was all over Cameron, 69-14. And Maryville traveled to the number two team in Class 3, the Odessa Bulldogs. Odessa was able to come away with the victory 28-14 to was the final there. Now let's run down the Week 7 schedule. First, we're going to start in the city, and we start with a little bit of bad news. Originally, it was scheduled to be Central at Smithville this week, but the Indians um, had some players quarantined this week, so that matchup will not be happening now. As of right now, the matchup at home against Staley next week is a go but we will keep you updated if that anything changes with that matchup there. Smithville was able to fill their schedule this week with Lewisburg. Now on to some other games in the city. It's going to be Lafayette and Cameron. Lafayette 3-2 on the season. Cameron at 3-3. Three three. The Dragons are on a two-game skid, but they've had a few of their players out due to COVID-19 protocol. Um, but they will be getting some of those players back this week against the Irish. We had an opportunity to catch up with both Irish head coach Eric McDowell and Dragon coach Jeff Wallace. We begin with our interview with Coach McDowell right now. And we're here on the Cliff Notes Podcast. It's the Week 7 Pre-Go Show. We're continuing it. We got um, Lafayette Fighting Irish head coach Eric McDowell with us. How you doing, Coach? I'm doing well. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. We got another big week of high school football ahead of us, my man. So, um, Coach, um, I before we get into the game against Chillicothe, um, how what how did it feel really to get back on the practice field and get back into get back into playing a game this week? It was it was very satisfying to get to see the boys out there all together again, even though it was <laughs> maybe short, but uh, and uh, it was just a very, very good feeling. I'm very proud of the boys for how they responded, and uh, you know nobody wants to be taken out of what they love and what they want to do in school and things like that in their social life for two weeks, but they responded well and. It was just a good, a very good reunion. Oh, absolutely! And um, you guys, um, you guys had that week off there. That you guys um just uh hit the ground running. It seems like um, thirty three to seven over Chillicothe. Um, had a real good night on the offensive end and the defensive end. It seems like from the scores, but um, coach, I wasn't at the game, but you can just walk us through the game and just tell us how it went. Well, you know, we uh. Uh, we actually took the opening kickoff and three went three and out. And so it wasn't how we wanted to start the game, but uh, yeah, we stopped them on a fourth down and one later on Chillicothe's first possession. And then from there, we just felt uh, the momentum swing and uh, our offense hit its stride. We've, we've been kind of tweaking the offense a little bit since uh, um, about two weeks ago, nothing major, but we've 
finally found some kinks that we can iron out a little bit. So that's been good. And then defensively, uh, the boys, you know, uh, it was a short practice week and to play the flex bone option, it was, it was, uh, I was, I was tremendously proud of our offense. I'm very proud of them for putting up some points, but I was really proud of all those guys on defense because it was not an easy week. A lot of preparation needs to go into that. So the focus this week in practice and or last week in practice and during the game defensively was just, it was just something to be, you know, it's, it was very proud moment for us coaches of, of those boys. Well, coach, you got another opportunity to build on that this week. Uh, you're on the road against Cameron. Um, a team that's very improved themselves, but um, they've been on a little bit of a slide the last couple weeks. We know that they've had some issues of their own over the last couple weeks. But um, talk about this matchup, the scouting report on Cameron, and what can we expect from the football game on Friday? Well, as you said, they've been improving the last couple of years for sure, and they have a very, uh, very good group of talent and we expect their offense to, to really work us, you know, push us to our limits. They really will. They have, they do a good job of scheming and uh, running things that are beneficial to what they have. And defensively, they're very solid and they play very fast and aggressive. And um, so, I mean, it's, I know the scores haven't been on their side as much lately as they were at the beginning of the season, but they're still a very good football team and they're playing good football teams as well. So I expect a dogfight Friday night and, um, I expect them to be prepared, and I ex- I'm sure they expect to win Friday night as well. Oh, absolutely. I think, uh, I mean, if you're not going in to win on Friday nights, I mean, what are you leaving in this for, huh? Right, Coach? Absolutely. So, um, Coach Eric McDowell, I want to thank you so much for coming on again. Congratulations on your victory against Chillicothe last week, and um, good luck to you and your boys this week at Cameron. All right, thanks for having us, Cliff. Take care. A huge thank you to Lafayette head coach Eric McDowell for um, coming on the show for an interview. Um, now we get to our interview with Cameron head coach Jeff Wallace here right now. And we're here on the Cliff Notes podcast, week seven pregame show. I can't believe it's week seven already. Um, we got Cameron Dragon head coach Jeff Wallace with us. How you doing, coach? Hey, I'm doing good. Good to hear. Good to hear. Um, coach, a um, little bit of a rough night on Friday night on the scoreboard, at least. Um, that's all I know about so far. Um, 69 to 14, a loss to Savannah. Um, talk about go more in depth in that football game on Friday. Well, our kids were, uh, you know, we've had, we got the COVID thing, we got some quarantines, and then we lost a couple of real important ones uh, in the Maryville game in the second half. So we were down the equivalent of 10 starters in that ball game. Uh, didn't have our offensive, our offensive guy, our offensive leader in Ty Campbell, nor our defensive guy in Cam Hedgepath. But I'm going to tell you, though, for the first quarter, let's say quarter and a half, quarter and five minutes, I really thought our kids fought. I really, really did. And it was 14-7, it was 20-7, 21-7 or whatever. And then when the barrage came, we just – it was, Savannah is so physical that we withstood it for a while and they played tough in the trenches. And then you start getting moved a little bit and then a little bit becomes a lot. And then the holes were gaping holes and – you know, we just couldn't sustain anything on offense long enough to do anything. So we just we just couldn't withstand the barrage when it came. And, um, you know, it wasn't a lot of fun in the second half. Well, Coach, I want to elaborate on that. Um, I know that you've talked about with me and you've talked about other interviews, talk about how proud you are of your kids. Um, I know the last couple of weeks it's been rough with kids being out and uh, COVID tracing and all that stuff. Talk about how proud you are of those kids. I mean, you've had some kids step up, young kids step up in spots that they probably weren't expecting to step in this season. 
and how that could build to future program to future years in the program. Well, you know, it's it's not just the young kids having to step in and play. It's it's a lot of our whatever our our star other starters who weren't quarantined that are still there having to move to a different position. We had safeties playing linebacker. Uh, we have a linebacker put his hand down. We had a freshman kid play offensive line for a bit, you know, and then the other the other kids that were that were threes on a depth chart are now having to start and play. You know, those are reps that you couldn't have gotten them other otherwise unless we'd have had this situation. So, you know, you always want to find the positive if you can out of everything. And the positive here is those kids got valuable reps at a time when, you know, I think what they figured out is we can be physical enough to play in this conference. We can do some things against two very good football teams, Savannah and Maryville. Maryville, I felt like we did it for three quarters. The other night, maybe a quarter and a half is all they were able to last. But, you know, two in a row, it was pretty physical. And they got – you could just look at them at halftime. They were physically beaten, you know. And I so said we kind of knew what the second half was going to be. But, you know, those are things that coaches can't get kids. So if you want to, you know, spin this thing positively, you know, moving forward, we know what we've got. We've got some kids who, who are going to be able to play here in time once they get a little weight on them, a little strength on them, and we continue to develop them and that type of stuff. But, you know, they never quit. They never they never, never got to a point where they felt like that they weren't giving us their best anymore. Uh, you know, and, and that's that's that never-die attitude, I think, that our program is all about. Is And I told them at halftime, we talked about, this is high school football. and the scheme of things, this really isn't much. You know, you're going to have adversity much worse than this when you get a family one day and have children. You know, you can't walk out the back door because it's just too darn hard. We're learning right now. You stick in there. You find a way to fight. You keep moving forward, and you find a way to get through it. And I felt like that's what our kids and our program did here the last couple of weeks. So I am pretty darn proud of them. Uh, definitely. Uh, they've been um, – they've definitely been fighting. Uh, Coach, let's get into um, – I, like I said, I can't believe we're in week seven. All right, this season just goes by like a blur. We're in week seven. Um, you guys have a home game against Lafayette on the schedule. Um. Talk about the scouting report as far as the Irish, the health of your football team going into the game, and what can we expect on Friday night? Well, Lafayette is a very good football team. They're physical up inside, and they've got all kinds of speed and athleticism on, on the perimeter. You know, we've watched films of, you know, teams, if you don't set that edge in a hurry, if you don't squeeze that thing and you let them get out in space, we're going to be chasing them all night long. I promise you that, and that's not a lot of fun when that happens. But the thing about them is they can play physical in that box too. So they, they, they make it hard up inside and, uh, and they throw the ball well. I mean, it, we feel like they throw it as well, if not better, than they did a year ago. And that's saying something with the young man, the quarterback for them a year ago. So they do some neat stuff. They've got some wildcats that they'll do with their athletes. And they make it very difficult to defend you. Uh, you know, defensive-wise, they're real sound. They're gap sound in what they do, and they're very athletic on the edges to go make plays. Again, like we said, they're physical in the box. Uh, you know, so it's, it's going to be a, a huge challenge for us as, as we're not going to have a whole lot of practices with some of our kids coming back in increments this week. We're going to have to get it and get it quick. Uh, and they're just they're just a difficult football team to to prepare for because of their sheer athleticism. Well, Coach Wallace, um, I want to thank you so much for coming on, you know, week after week. You know, you take your time and you come on my show. I really am grateful for that. And I really appreciate that. Um, I want to thank you again. Um, good luck to you and your kids. Um, definitely uh, for the kids to stay healthy and come back to practice. And uh, good luck to you and your team on Friday. You bet, Cliff. I appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you next week. A big thank you to Cameron Dragon Head Coach Jeff Wallace for coming on, making time with us every single week. Thank you so much, Coach. 
More games in the city. Benton makes their return to the field after a two-week quarantine. They are going to be on the road at St. Pius this week, who is 5-0 on the year. Benton is coming off their win in week four against Kansas City Central. It is their first of the season. We had an opportunity to catch up with Coach Keaton. We talked about how it felt like to get back on the practice field this week. And we talked about this week's game against St. Pius. Here's our interview with Coach Kevin Keaton right now. And we're here on the Cliff Notes podcast. It is the week seven pregame show. We got Benton Cardinal head coach Kevin Keaton back on with us. How you doing, coach? Really good to be back playing, buddy. It, it, everybody needs normalcy and in this or whatever normal means to them in this uh, in this current world. So uh, our kids are are excited. Uh, we've had some good lively practices. Um, it just feels good. Well, um, let me ask you a little bit about that. Um, what have you, um, what have you and your coaching staff, um, been able to, have you guys been able to do any virtual, um, stuff with the kids, um, as far as like workouts and stuff like that during the, during the last couple weeks or anything, anything notable? Sure. Um, just nothing that anybody else hasn't done uh, as far as getting out and running, trying to stay in shape, um, doing you know it gives you a lot more time to really dissect yourself so do some self-analysis and then uh obviously really spend some time on your next opponent and absolutely you guys have uh you guys have got an opponent um glad you guys are back playing this week uh welcome back um welcome back to the show um you guys have um saint pius coming up on the schedule um what have you? I know the Warriors. They have been really hot the last several games. Um, they beat Maryville. They beat Cameron. They they just been on a roll the past several games in the rest of the season. Um, talk about the scouting report as far as the Warriors and um, what can we expect from this football game on Friday? Sure. Well, fourteen. David Dieters is, in my opinion, um, probably a Fontana winner which is the the smaller classes version of the Simone. Um, Seven, in my opinion, is the best quarterback in the MEC. Uh, They're solid. Their front seven defensively is solid. Uh, Those two kids are their their safeties. And they just have – you know, and they can win in so many different ways. It's kind of like watching. I'm, I'm being. I'm. I'm not trying to. I'm just being honest with you. It's kind of like watching the Chiefs. As far as you know, you try to take one thing away, and and they can beat you in so many different ways. They got, they got skilled kids all over the place. Um, you know, they they beat a struggling Chile team, but still, it's Chile. And Dieters, number 14, didn't even get one catch. And this is a kid that has had eight or nine catches for 200 yards in games. And he didn't get one catch, and they scored 42. So they can beat you a lot of different ways. Well, absolutely. They've looked really good. They've definitely been one of the – for me, they've been one of the biggest surprises, really, um, not just in the MEC, but in the whole, like, classified Kate city metro area sure, but sure talk about um coach anthony simone is there um he really has um 
it seems like, you know, what I've just talked about, they really put his foot on the gas and really started really start taking that program, taking it by the horns in his first year. Talk about the job that Coach Simone has done. There. Well, I want to talk about the job that Rick Byers did for 20 years. Um, Absolutely. Rick is a dear friend of mine. Um, there's not a better person. There's not a better person in high school football coaching than Rick Byers. Um, I, I have nothing but the utmost respect. He truly is a gentleman. And, and it's, you know, I've been on both. I, if you've been in this thing long enough, it's all going to happen to you. Uh, that's, that's the piece that, that people that buy a $3 ticket don't get. Um, the things that were going to happen, were going to happen with, with Rick, with Anthony, with, it doesn't matter. These kids, I want to talk about their kids. Those kids are ball players. They are, he, uh, you know, they they are seniors, juniors and seniors that have been playing a lot of football since they were freshmen. And it took them a sec to get adjusted to the MEC. They were independent for for a long time, and um, they certainly have. So it's we've got our we've got our work cut out for us. And absolutely, I think that'd be I think it'd be a good football game, Coach. Um, once again, um, welcome back. I'm glad that you guys are um, back playing, and um, I'm so happy for you guys that you guys are able to step back on the field this step back on the field this week. And um, I want to thank you for coming on, Coach. Um, always a um, always a pleasure to have you on. You were actually one of my very first interviews when I first started this podcast. I want to thank you for coming on almost every single week and being a great addition to this podcast. And um, good luck to you and your boys this week. Thanks, Cliff. I appreciate it. A huge thank you to Cardinal coach Kevin Keaton for coming on Bitten at St. Pius this Friday night. Moving on now, we got a big game between Bishop LeBlanc. And they're going to be hosting Northwest Nottaway. Both teams are at 2-4 and four in the year. Bishop LeBlanc looking for their second straight win on the season. And St. Joe Christian has a bye this week. They will be returning home next week. Now let's run down the standings of the Midland Empire Conference. St. Pius still leads the league with a 3-0 league record, and they're 5-0 overall. Savannah's 2-0 in the league, 3-1 overall. Lafayette 2-1, 3-2 overall. Maryville's 2-1 in the league, 3-3 overall. Benton 0-1, 1-3 overall. Cameron 1-3 in the league, 3-3 overall. And Chillicothe rounds out the their MEC record at 0-4, 0-6 overall in the regular season. Now let's run down the rest of the schedule in the Midland Empire Conference. Savannah looking for their fourth straight win of the year. They're going to be going on the road for the first time this season against Chillicothe. We had an opportunity to catch up with Coach Kopecky. We talk about their last game against Cameron and the scouting report on the Chillicothe Hornets. Here's our interview with Coach Kevin Kopecky right now. And we're here on the Cliffields Podcast Week 7 pregame show. We got Savannah Savage, head coach Kevin Kopecky back with us again. How are you doing, coach? Doing good, Clifton. How are you? I'm doing all right. Um, your team pretty um your team pretty much rolled on Friday night on the scoreboard here. Um, it was a 69 to 14 win over Cameron. Um, coach, you guys, um, it seemed like you guys just went and just took care of business and um just played good football down the stretch. Um Talk about this game on Friday. Yeah, well, you're, uh, you hit the nail on the head. We played really well. Our offense uh, got clicking 
you know, all the things that we've been through and we're not the only program that's been affected by the COVID and such, but you know, we missed a couple of weeks this summer. We missed a couple of weeks during the season and uh, didn't get to play two games. So I think our offense was a little bit behind of our defense and special teams. And uh, this week we kind of were hitting on all cylinders and it was really fun to see what we're capable of doing. It was awesome. Well, coach, another big game from um, Evan Yout. Uh, just another, just another monster game on the ground. Um, I, by the way, I appreciate you for sending stats to me every single um, Friday night, Saturday morning. Definitely appreciate that. Um, but back to Evan. Evan had a great game on the ground. Um, just another, just another monster game. Talk about your starting senior running back. Yeah, you know he's. Uh, we've talked about it before. He's such a great football player and such a great young man. He's one of our uh, elected captains. Uh, he just does so much for our football team, and he always gives the credit to the offensive line. He's a very unselfish young young man. There's a lot, lot to like about Evan. I'm sure glad he's in our locker room. I think he's, uh, if not the best, one of the best running backs in the entire state, uh, especially in Class Four. Uh, 254 yards rushing against Cameron. Just uh, uh, he threw a long. Uh, pitch pass for a touchdown he just he does a lot for us he's blocked punts this year he's just a really good football player now let's talk about your whole team uh, obviously you know you talked about it a little bit uh just a few minutes ago you know you guys have missed uh, several weeks throughout the summer throughout the season with um COVID issues um but you guys have came back from your quarantine and you guys have just hit it running here uh, was there anything that changed in practice as far as game planning? Anything really after that first game against Excelsior? Well, I think the first game against Excelsior was kind of a wake-up call. You know, we didn't play very well, and it did kind of challenge our seniors specifically. And, you know, and I wasn't trying to, you know, they 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 had a pretty good senior class in front of them last year. As a lot of people around here know that graduated. And they kind of, you know, I'm not saying they rode those coattails for a while, but, you know, they all rode it for what it was worth. And uh, it's their turn to step up. And I, they've really accepted that challenge, so to speak. And I've uh, been really proud of the way we played since that first game. And our coaches have done a really good job. I think uh, I think just the way we practice and just coming together, getting used to, you know, the difference between myself and the coach that was here before and things like that. It just takes a little time. Uh, it's starting to feel more and more like, you know, uh, the, the things that I like to do and we like to do as a team. So, um it's, you know, it's a good time of year to be clicking and uh, really excited about it. Well, definitely, you're doing a great job there, Coach, in your first year at Savannah. Uh, I already know your resume already. You're absolutely a tremendous coach. Um, also, I appreciate coach that, Randy, Cliff. What's that? <laughs> I said I appreciate that. Thanks. Oh, no problem. And I know also that Coach Randy Schrader left the program in good hands also. Yes, he did. But um, <laughs> let's talk about this game on Friday. Um, it's your guys' first road trip of the year, at least on the varsity level. At least um, got a trip to Chillicothe this week um, to take on the Hornets. Um, what's your scouting report on the Hornets, and um, what can we expect from the football game and from Chillicothe on Friday? I tell you what, they're probably uh, one of the best teams, if not the best team, uh, actually on film. You know, they run the flexbone offense. They're very uh, meticulous. Uh, yeah, I know against Maryville, the final score ended up being kind of a blow up, but they drove down on the first drive and scored. I mean, they're a very capable football team. They do not look like a team that hasn't won a game. Uh, there's great tradition in Chillicothe. I was reading something the other day. I don't think they've ever started the season 0-6. Um, they have put the ball on the ground a little bit which, uh, with some of their younger running backs and things, but they're good up front. And, you know, I just kind of – I've kind of warned our football team, you know, this could be kind of one of those games you kind of call a trap game where you can't be looking forward to, you know, Maryville or Pius, the other two teams that are left on our schedule in the regular season and are kind of – we're kind of all three towards the top of the MEC, and you just can't look past anybody. Chillicothe's got our undivided attention, and I don't think our kids would 
fall into that trap, but it's my job and our coach's job to make sure they understand that completely. Well, I think Chillicothe, you know, I mean, uh, they, they lost a good group of seniors last year. They're, uh, I think they're doing a better job just acclimating to the roster this year. So this should actually be – I think it should be a pretty good game. I think think you guys are going to have a good game on your hands. Well, um, Coach Kopecki, um, every single week I want to thank you for um, coming on the show and just being a good integral part of this podcast. And um, you and the other coaches in the area are the ones that really help make this thing go. And um, – I truly appreciate you and every single coach that comes on the show. Well, sounds good. I appreciate it. And I appreciate all the coaches too. You know, it's been a rough year on everybody and the coaches have just really been and teachers too, you know, just kind of went above and beyond this year and in the classroom and on the field, just, we don't know what we're getting from day to day. And uh, if it's taught any of us, anything, it's that we can be flexible and, you know, there's more than one ways to get the job done and really proud of just uh, to be in this profession. And it's uh, our kids need us uh, always, but I think they really need us during these times. And, uh, Really, really proud of the job you do, too, with your podcast. Anytime you can promote high school sports, uh, that's a good thing. So thank you, too, Clifton. Well, absolutely. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that so much, Coach. Uh, good luck to you and your kids on Friday. Thanks a lot. appreciate it. And a huge thank you to Savannah Savage head coach Kevin Kopecki for always coming on the show. Last matchup in the Midland Empire Conference, we're going to break down as a non-conference game between Maryville and Lincoln Prep. Now, this matchup actually got announced by Spectrum Sports Kansas City on their Twitter page. I couldn't remember whether it was back in January, January, February, or March, one of those months there. But this matchup got announced real early, and not only as a podcaster right now, but as a fan back then, I got extremely excited for that game. Lincoln Prep right now is currently number five in the state in Class 4, and they've been on the rise for the past couple seasons. We had an opportunity to catch up with their coach, William Lowe. We'll have his interview here in just a few minutes. But right now, we're going to hear, as always, we're going to hear from Maryville coach Matt Webb on their game last week against Odessa and the big matchup this week with Lincoln Prep. Here's our interview with coach Matt Webb right now. And we're here on the Cliff Notes Podcast, Week 7 pregame show. We got Maryville Spoopound coach Matt Webb back with us. How are you doing, coach? Doing well. How are you, Clifton? Uh, I'm doing great. Um, Coach, uh, when you told me last week that you were going to find a game, you promised me you were going to find a game, you weren't joking. Not only did you find a game, you found a game against the um, the defending Class 3 state champions and the number two ranked team of the class, the Odessa Bulldogs. Um, it was a 28 to it was a 28 to 14 game. Um, tough loss for you guys, but you guys played really well in a lot of aspects. Um, talk about um, talk about how that game went for you guys and just finding a a real tough opponent in Odessa on such short notice. Well, it's one of those things where this uh, these COVID times and, and when you have open weeks and games canceled midweek and things, it, it it's uh, it's exhausting to be honest. And um, you know, my administration and myself spent most of Monday, Tuesday, or all of Monday, Tuesday, and most of Wednesday um, looking for an opponent. And um, from all all different facets, you know. Um, from, you know, trying to have a home game um, to, uh, you know, this was supposed to be our homecoming this past week. Um, of course, that was canceled, uh, you know, and then to finding somewhere in the region uh, as far as travel, finding somewhere that, you know, really it was anybody that could play a game. So, you know, really on, on Wednesday morning, you know, we were, you know, discussing issues, whether traveling, traveling to Fayetteville, Arkansas, to Des Moines, Iowa, to McPherson, Kansas, to, South Missouri, Central Missouri, all parts in between. And then, um, you know, Odessa had their game canceled against Warrensburg. So Warrensburg called them and 
they had a cancellation and, and um, Coach Thomas and I visited. And of course, we've had uh, history in the past of, of you know, playing in, in playoff games and things like that. And, um, you know, we kind of talked and said, you know, hey, you know, we don't, it was their homecoming. So they had already had that scheduled. And, um, you know, it's like, you know, what's another road game for us? It seems like we're playing on the road every time. Um, so we decided to get on the bus and head down and play them uh, really on two days prep. And uh, man, it was a heck of a game. Uh, you know, two good programs that know each other, and there is a lot of familiarity. Um, so it was a short—I uh, promise you—it was a short 48 hours before. Not much sleep going on before that game, um, as far as coaching standpoint, and Thursday practice, and you know, the road trip and things like that. So um, they've got a beautiful complex. They've done a great job remodeling that, and, and um, it was a great night for high school football. You know, and a great football game. You know, it started off. Uh, at halftime, it was 14-7 then. Uh, really felt like we had some special teams mistakes in the first um, half that, you know, really felt like we put our defense in, in a couple of bad situations. Um, but other than that, you know, the score could have been flipped. And then um, really, you know, kind of ended up being 28-14. But I think, you know, when you look at statistics, you know, yardage is about the same and offense and defense. We just made mistakes. And when you play, you know, good teams that have a 20-game win streak and head coaches in the Hall of Fame, you, you can't give them more opportunities than we gave them the other night to, to win a football game. So um, all credit goes to them as a great football game. We've got to play better, but it was a great night for a football. Well, coach, uh, whenever you found this game, obviously you were talking about your different options of um, traveling out of the state. Um, was this option really, um, you know, it's a, um, it's a team in your guys' class. It's a tough opponent. Um, you really feel like, you know, playing these ranked opponents, you've already played three of them this season. They can make your team better. Come district playoff time? I hope so. Ask me come district playoff time and we'll know. But um, yeah, I, I hope so. I think so. I think, you know, our philosophy is, is always to, to schedule good opponents. Um, when we get an opportunity to, to play out of conference, you know, it's, it's to schedule good opponents um, and, and really challenge us. And that's that's what we do. And, and so none of that changes. And, and that leads right into this week's game at Lincoln College Prep. You know, this thing was announced uh, in March uh, last year just because the year last season, we did not find a week seven game after LeBlond left the MEC um, that year. So we, we had an open week and couldn't find anybody to play us. Uh, I think we were the only MEC team that did not play a full schedule. And that's frustrating. So um, when you look at what we'll, we'll have to do traditionally in the playoffs, which is, you know, play a very athletic team, usually from, you know, whether that be Kansas City, St. Louis, somewhere around those areas, uh, you know, very, you know, highly ranked uh, individual talented player team like Lincoln College Prep is, I think it's good for us to get a look at them during the regular season. So we'll know what we'll, similarly what we can face in the off season, um, you know, not knowing that this year. Um, obviously, when you look at Lincoln College Prep, man, they are loaded with top 10 talent all over in their class four top 10 opponents. So um, load up and let's go again. That's the message. Well, um, let's talk about a little bit of the scouting report. You've already touched on it a little bit. Um, they got division one talent all over the board, it seems like. Um, made it to the district. Um, Made it to the district finals last year. Um, have a real good team again this year. Um, talk about the scouting report for them on the offense and the defensive end. And um, what can we really expect from this football game on Friday? What can we expect from Lincoln College Prep? Yes, sir. Well, you can expect a very physical running team. Um, their quarterback is a young man named Howard, who is a defensive line commitment to Iowa State. He's about six foot three, two hundred and. 70 something pounds. Um, he's a bowling ball back there. Um, he's a defensive lineman at the division one college level, um, touching the ball every time when he, and, and he runs 
with a passion. He runs angry. Uh, he runs physical. Um, he runs over people. He runs through people. He's athletic enough to jump over people. And then he can throw it about 50 yards on a dime. So um, it all starts there with their quarterback. Um, beyond that, they've got some really talented running backs. They all run hard. Uh, Coach Lowe's done an outstanding job of establishing a program of physical running backs, um, whether they hand it off or toss it to them or get them in different ways and kind of a spread look. They all are very physical running backs. Um, and then on defense, man, they got some defensive linemen that, again, are highly recruited. I think they got a linebacker going to Georgia uh, or uh, Ole Miss, SEC linebacker. Um, that is in a very positive term, the way I term it, like a water moccasin on the field. I mean, he is sideline to sideline, tall, long, athletic. Um, you better find a way to get a hat, more than one helmet on him every snap or he'll, he'll make every tackle. So um, they're extremely talented and, and they're physical. Well, Coach, um, I think it's going to be a great ball game on Friday night. Two great teams. Um, Coach, I want to thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you coming on um, every single week and um, coming on the Cliff Notes podcast and talking to me about your game and about your football team. And um, good luck to you and the boys on Friday. Thank you, Clinton. Have a great week. Always a huge thank you to Maryville Coach Matt Webb for taking time every single week to come on the podcast. Now, I did mention we did have an interview with Lincoln Prep Coach William Lowe. We talked to him about his story, how the program has been on the rise the past several seasons, and we talk about this big matchup for them against Maryville coming up this week. Here's our interview with Lincoln Prep Coach William Lowe right now. And we're here on the Cliff Notes Podcast Week 7 pregame show. We got um, Lincoln Prep, Lincoln College Prep Head Coach William Lowe with us. How you doing, Coach? Good. Hey, thanks for having me on. Oh, it's a pleasure. Um, coach, um, real excited to talk about your football team. Your football team has been um, a big talk in Kansas City and w- over the past two years. And we'll get to that here in just a um, few minutes. But first, I want to talk about your story, who Coach William Lowe is, how you got into coaching, and um, how you got here to Lincoln Prep. Yeah, sure. So I kind of grew up around high school football, to be honest with you. My dad uh, – was a high school coach for probably, I think it was like 41, 41 years before he finally retired a couple of years ago. Um, he was an extremely successful high school coach. Um, went to three state championship games in the state of Kansas, then retired over there and went to Missouri and had some really good teams at Clinton um, in the mid 2000s before he finally retired. So I kind of grew up around high school football and how it works and how you build a program and, and you know, what it takes to, to be a coach and, and all the time and effort you have to put into it. So um, when I graduated high school, I went and played at a junior college, at Independence Community College um, for a couple of years and, and ran the flex bone. And then I transferred up to Wisconsin River Falls, um, a small D3 school up north um, and ran the flex bone and then moved back down here. Coached with my dad a couple of years till he retired and then uh, got the job at Lincoln Prep and been here ever since. Well, coach, um- Let's talk about the 2019 season. Um, a tremendous season for you guys. It was the best. It was the best season in school history. Um, made it to the district championship game. Um, with all the highs, there was also some tragedy along the way. Talk about um, your 2019 season as a whole. Right. The 2019 season was kind of a culmination of all the work we put into the program. So, uh, I took over. The- as the head coach in the 2017 season before the 2017 season where um, 
we started a lot of freshmen. So we probably, our numbers were down. It was just that point in the school where football wasn't big and wasn't important at the time. And our numbers were really low. We probably had around 30 to 35 uh, players, nine through 12 at that time. And we tried to come in and set the foundation of a program. And we, and we were hard on the kids. There wasn't a lot of accountability at the time. Um, kids would come to practice when they wanted to and, and kind of do what they wanted to. And we kind of set the tone as if, you know, if you miss practice, you're not playing Friday, no matter the excuses. And the first year was rough. Um, you know, we went, we were three and six in the regular season and in our, our district, we were, we were the number eight seed and we had to travel to Maryville and play undefeated Maryville team. I think who went on to win the state championship and they were ahead of us 63 to nothing at halftime. And I remember talking to our assistant coaches and telling them, you know, I was thinking about four foot and our, our kids were so young and they were getting beat up and they talked me out of it. Um, and Coach Webb was gracious enough to put in his JV the second half and we were able to score 21, you know, straight points in the second half and give some of our freshmen some confidence. Um, I mean, we still got beat really, really bad, but it was good for our kids and, and a good learning experience. And then the sophomore year, for those kids, which would have been 2018, we took another step in the right direction and went six and four. And then the 2019 season, which you talked about, um, it seemed to everybody on the outside of our program, maybe that, that it was a shock that we were 11 and 0 um, at one point. And we had the first undefeated regular season at nine and 0 in school history. And we got a lot of publicity around Kansas City and a lot of hype and a lot of media coverage because to the normal person, excuse me, in the media, it kind of seemed like we came out of nowhere, but to the coaches and the players in our program, to be honest with you, it wasn't really a surprise. Um, those kids have been working at the time, three years nonstop, you know, around, you know, around the clock all, all year round in the, our strength and conditioning program and, and our summer conditioning and summer practices. So to us, as good a year as it was to everybody else and, you know, getting our new school, our new, uh, facility open with our blue turf and our new stadium. It was really a special season um, for everybody, but to, to us on the inside, it wasn't a biggest shock to us as it was to everybody else. And then you're right, you referenced um, a little tragedy at the end of the season. We had just beaten Summit Christian who was 8-0 at the time. We were 8-0 and we, we beat them on a Friday night, 35-21 um, to go 9-0 to go and finish the, the regular season undefeated. And the MVP of that game was our running back, uh, Israel Gentry. He had rushed for almost 200 yards and three touchdowns. And we still talk about the story. He ran so hard in that game, his jersey got ripped off um, as he was breaking tackles. So he finished the fourth quarter of that game. <laughs> he was number three, but he finished the fourth quarter in that game wearing number 44. Uh, and, you know, the announcers were like, man, this 44 kid's good. They didn't realize his jersey got ripped off because he only came out for one play until we could get a new jersey on him. Um, and then the Thursday before our first playoff game, he got in a car wreck on the way to school. Um, just a, a really unfortunate incident. I mean, he was a great kid. He wasn't, you know, wasn't doing anything wrong, just on his way to school. And the car flipped over. Um, and unfortunately, um, you know, he was really seriously injured and uh, has improved. Um, at, at a at a good rate for for what he can do, but he, he won't be playing anymore. But he's still definitely a part of our team. Um, coach, um, I um decided mid 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 when you were giving that answer to change a little bit of my next question here. Okay. Um, I want to I want you to talk about your senior class. Um, 
You got some, um, you know, uh, for those who pay attention into the Kansas City BU, uh, there's some big names in your senior class when you're talking about Howard Brown, who's the quarterback. Um, also, your defensive lineman committed to Iowa State. Um, Jermaine, Jordan, Ham- Jermaine Hamilton Jordan, um, linebacker committed to Arkansas, all right. part of that senior class. Talk about how special this senior class has been to you. Yeah, so like I said, those senior class really, it's nothing I did as a coach. It's really what, what our senior class did is buying into the program and, and wanting to leave a legacy at Lincoln and instead of just leaving after their freshman year. So like you said, they we have some high-profile names that even when they were freshmen, they were starting and getting a lot of hype. So Howard Brown, that's our quarterback, and, and he's going to play defensive tackle at Iowa State. Um, I mean, he was all district as a freshman, and, and he had a lot of – I mean, it's just the nature of high school football now. It is what it is. He had a lot of high schools calling him, um, private schools, suburban schools that were trying to get him to come, and they were promising him, you know, free rides to school and this stuff. And – and to his credit, he, he said he wanted to stay at Lincoln. He was loyal to me and loyal to our program and, and bought into kind of the vision we had. And the same thing with Jermaine Hamilton. Um, I mean, he's he was the uh, uh, Warren Award winner as the best linebacker in the Kansas City area as a junior. And that, that award's not given to uh, juniors very often. So, I mean, he had 150 tackles last year and was All-State um, as a junior. And he had the same type of thing. He had kids – schools uh calling him after his freshman year trying to get him to transfer and he he wanted to leave a legacy at lincoln and he bought in and stayed and we were fortunate to have uh tobechi acoli the defensive end that's committed to auburn move in last year he was at a charter school that didn't have football in the city but he's 6'5 265 and he knew you know just by his frame that he had a future in, in football so he was able to come over to our school and and get a chance to play and with the foundation that that some of those kids have laid, you know, we had more kids get excited about football. So, so their freshman year, we were at 30 to 35 kids. Now we're up in 98 um, in our program. And we have three separate teams, you know, a freshman team, a JV team and a varsity team. And by their leadership, it's led to more athletes coming out and getting exposure. Our strong safety, Marcus Bass, who also plays running back, um, had four division one offers and he just committed to army um, West Point about two weeks ago. And he didn't play his freshman year. He was just a basketball player. But, you know, the leadership that those other kids had, they got um, they got the rest of the kids to jump on the bandwagon, and, and it's kind of taken off ever since then. Um, let's get into um, 2020, Coach. Uh, uh, great season again so far. 4-1 uh, one on the year. A lot of twists and a lot of turns as far as the, uh, the schedule from your guys' original schedule that you, that you had out. Right. Um, Talk about uh, talk about your 2020 season so far. Yeah, so I mean, it was just I mean, like everybody's, it was it was up in the air and it still is. Um, I remember we were talking this summer when we finally got the okay on June 15th to start workouts and practices again. We were so excited, but at that time, the kids and coaches, we were like, okay, let's just get one game under our belt. Let's just get to week one. So then, when you get to week one and everybody plays week one, then you start getting greedy and you're like, okay, well then let's you know let's get to the next week. Well. Week two, originally, we were scheduled to be in East St. Louis at the East St. Louis Classic playing Lutheran North. But with Illinois getting moved to the spring, uh, the Classic got, you know, got canceled. So we were kind of scrambling um, and picked up a week two opponent, Lansing, um, in Kansas. And unfortunately, our quarterback, our starting quarterback went down um, the second drive of the game right in the first quarter. 
And to, I mean, it, it, it exposed us a little bit, exposed me as a coach. We didn't have our backups prepared. And then we uh, proceeded to turn the ball over four times and, and, you know, a couple for touchdowns, which led to us losing the game um, that we weren't expected to lose just because we hadn't done a good enough job preparing our backups. And honestly, in our last 18 games, we're 16 and two, I think, or, or 16, two in our last 18 games. And, and to us to lose a, a regular season game like that, it was probably the best thing for us um, because we were complacent. Our kids were at a point where they were expecting to win and, and you know, kind of lost some hungriness. So uh, the week two game for us was definitely what we needed. Um, and we were fortunate that our quarterback's injury wasn't serious. Um, so he was able to get back. So it was it was the perfect storm for us because it exposed us to what we needed to do to get better and also allowed us not to lose a key member of our team. So right after that game, we went back to the basics. Um, I mean, we just went back to all the fundamentals and, and being a physical team again and being a, a team that had a chip on its shoulder like it did in 2019. And, and it's definitely paid off the last three weeks for us since that game. Well, Coach, let's talk about this week. You talked about it. You and I talked about it a little bit off recording here. Um, this game on Friday night, you guys are playing Maryville at home. Um, you're talking about – we talked about how this game, it's full circle for you. It's um, right. a very, very good Maryville team. Uh, this is a team that's been really, really good the past decade here in northwest Missouri. Uh, you guys have had a great couple years with your guys' talent. This game got announced by Spectrum Sports. It's going to be on Spectrum Sports for those in the Kansas City area this right. Friday night. And um, that game got announced real early in the year. I believe it was like February or March okay. some, sometime. And I, me personally, as, as, right now, as of right now covering this podcast, but as a fan, I looked at that and I was like, wow. Yeah. That's a great football game. That is going to be absolutely tremendous. Um, talk about um, the scouting report on the Spoof Hounds and what can we expect from this football game on Friday? Yeah, well, first of all, we have the utmost respect for them um, just from playing them four years ago. And, and to have a, a program that's that consistent at winning, it's not an easy thing to do, and we're learning that, you know. Um, it's, not, it's not easy to be uh, consistently good, and they're – they're uh they have the blueprint and i mean we definitely have the utmost respect for them and uh as a coaching staff you know we uh we really respect what they do as, as a staff and as as a team i mean if you've watched any maryville games anybody can watch a game and see that they're fundamentally sound well coached and that they're going to do the little things right that, that allow them to win games and to win championships and that that's really been uh, their MO and kind of what they built their program around. And also uh, they're an extremely physical team. And, you know, that's what we've got from the scouting report. And that's what, that's kind of what we try to pride ourselves on. And that's what we're going to preach to our kids all week is some games are, are fun, you know, like pretty games where our D line can rush the quarterback and get sacks. And we told them, uh, you know, last night in our, in our scouting report, that's not going to be the case this week. If we want to be the team, like Maryville, you know, it won't be a pretty game all the time. You know, it's going to be a physical battle that will last four quarters, and kids are going to have to be coachable and do what they're coached to do when we're playing that wing tee offense if we want to have a chance to win. You can't do your own thing when you're playing the wing tee, and 
you can't run upfield and try to sack the quarterback. You got to do uh, what the game plan, you know, entails. And when you play a team like Maryville, it's, it's not a pretty game. You know, it's going to be physical and it's going to be tough. And and that's that's really what we're going to preach to the kids all week. Well, definitely that wing T offense. Definitely, it's a it's a it's an offense where pretty much on the defensive side you have to do your one of eleven. Right. On that case, so um, Coach Lowe, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Um, I definitely want to give you a uh, tell you a good job, you know, on you know the progress that your football team has made in the past couple of years. Um, I'm expecting a great football game on Friday night. I think it's going to be a tremendous uh, treat for those who are in attendance and those who are able to watch on Spectrum Sports or any other streaming outlet this Friday night. And again, I want to thank you for coming on and uh, good luck to you and the kids on Friday. Yeah, thanks for having me. And like you said, it's going to be a good game for, for a number of reasons because uh, it'll be a matchup in different styles. And when Maryville and their league, a lot of people in that league had the same physical style. So I think like you said, as a fan, it's fun to watch teams from different areas that maybe have different styles play against each other just to see the matchups and, and, and see really uh, uh, what it's like to play different types of teams. So I think it's good for both programs and uh, we're definitely looking forward to Friday night. Well, I am too. I am too, coach. As, as a fan and a podcaster, I'm really looking forward to it. Thank you so much for coming on, coach. Yep. Thank you. And thanks for what you do for high school football. We appreciate it. Thank you very much to Blue Tiger coach William Lowe for joining the show from Kansas City. We definitely appreciate that. Uh, those in Kansas City, you can catch the game on Spectrum Sports Kansas City. If you're not in the Kansas City area, you click TV has a link. We will be sharing that on Friday on the Cliff Notes podcast Twitter page. You can follow that at Cliff Notes underscore pod. Now, the last segment we're going to get to before we wrap up this segment, and we always talk to KQ2's Chris Roush. We always break down some of the biggest games in the area. We got Mid-Buck and East-Buck on tap this week. And we got Lafayette and Cameron we talk about. And we recap week six. Here's our interview with Chris Roush right now. And we're here on the Cliff Dose Podcast week seven pregame show. We got um, KQT's Chris Roush with us. Chris, how you doing? Pretty good, Clifton. How you doing, my man? I'm uh, doing good. Big big game big game week, huh? So. Tremendous big couple big games this week. I'm looking forward to you know week seven in Missouri. We're down the final stretch of the regular season. It's a couple weeks left. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Before we get into week seven, let's talk about week six of yeah, your highlights and your um, just things that stuck out to you week six. Well, I think a couple of them. Um, you know, you had Lafayette get back on the field. They got a victory. That, that was good to see them get back out there after a couple of weeks off. Um, Central showed a lot of flashes of, you know, improving every week, and that's been kind of the big thing for them this year. I mean, defensively, they've been pretty good this past week. They have some points, but, you know, the offense, I mean, there's some young guys on the offensive side of the ball for Central. They're getting better every week. Um, Savannah, uh, pretty impressive win over Cameron. Cameron had kind of been giving some teams fits. I know Cameron's been dealing with some quarantine issues like a lot of teams have, but uh, Savannah went out there, and, uh, you know, they haven't played a couple weeks this year either. But since they've gotten back, they picked up some pretty good wins here in the last few weeks over Lafayette Central and Cameron. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. That's week six for you to week show. Of course, you know, week seven, it's coming up. Um, big game we got to talk about. Um, the number one ranked Mid Buchanan Dragons against the number seventh ranked East Buchanan Bulldogs. Maybe possibly the game of the year in Northwest Missouri so far. Um, Chris, your analysis, your keys, break it down for me. This has all the ingredients, Clifton, of a fantastic Friday night high school football game. 
like you said, number one, maybe Buchanan, number seven, East Buchanan, class one. The Dragons, they've been rolling this year. Really, if you, if you look, if you want to look for one thing, maybe Buchanan, you know, I guess a thing they maybe work on, if you want to even call it that, they, they, they allow pretty much maybe one big play a game. But outside of that, there's not a lot of critiquing of maybe Buchanan right now. They have been just able to beat teams so far this year. They're efficient. They're effective. Offensively, we, we talk about all the time, defense doesn't really allow. They allowed Hamilton pretty much one big play, maybe two on Friday night. But this team does not allow a lot of big plays. East Buchanan, you have head coach Kevin Bryan retired to a tremendous coaching career last season. Dan Ritter comes over from Central. He takes over. He's got this team moving. And they had to replace quite a few guys off last year's team from graduation. But he's had guys step in, playing the roles. Also some young guys able to make plays too. These two teams, they, they know each other. They're excited. You know, the players are excited for this one. You know, they say throw the record, win losses out the window for rivalry games. We say that with Lafayette bitten all the time. These two teams undefeated. These two teams top 10 ranked. These two teams have a rival history. I mean, like, you, you go back. East Buck, over the last several years, has won the rivalry, but not the last few times that. It's been maybe Cannon last season in 2018 playoffs. They won that one. That was on the way to their Class 1 district semifinal appearance. Same thing last year. I mean, maybe Buchanan's controlled the last couple of games in this rivalry, but both of these teams know each other really well. These kids know each other. It's not – I don't think – it's not a hateful rivalry. It's a rivalry of I know them. Let's go beat them because we know each other so well. Let's go play football and see who the better team is. Oh, absolutely. I think that game is going to be very, very well attended. I think um, I've told um... – I've told a couple of people this already. I think every media member that I've talked to, everybody's going to be there. I'm going to be there on Friday. It's going to be a very well-attended game. But the last game that we're going to break down here is um, Lafayette at Cameron. I think this is going to be a real interesting game in the MEC. Lafayette got a big win, like you said, coming back from their quarantine. And then Cameron, they had some players quarantined. They're going to be getting players back slowly here and there. What do you think about that game? I think that's kind of been the story of the year, isn't it? This, who, who do you have what week and what can you do if you end up losing a couple of guys to quarantining in the middle of the week? I mean, Cameron's dealing with that. Lafayette's dealt with that. But the, the way Lafayette, I think, has been playing, I mean, the guy they lost in Savannah there a couple of weeks ago, but they came back, they had the week off. Then they beat Chillicothe this past week. I think Lafayette's going to turn that corner and kind of get to where I, I know this coaching staff and where a lot of people know this team can be. It's just quarantining and stuff like that may have gotten in the way a little bit. And, there, and there's been some other things along the way with the quarantining stuff. But I, I think this is a good opportunity for Lafayette to kind of get more momentum heading into district play. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Chris, um, definitely thank you again for uh, coming on. Of course, you can catch football tonight, 1035 Fridays, KQ2. I'm um, Chris on Twitter. Um, Chris, what's your Twitter handle? It is Chris R. Roush. And Clifton, before I go, we got to talk eight-man football real quick. Let's um, do it. I've got to touch on that one. A lot of shakeup in eight-man football this week. Uh, Mound City losing to East Action. The Wolves, tremendous second half. I think it was 34 unanswered points. Mound City, they're down a few guys. So that game with South Holt, not only Holt this week. They could be down some players this week. I'm not for sure. We're recording this on Tuesday, so I'm not really for sure. By Friday – not what it's going to be for Mound City, but they've had some in injury issues. North Andrew beat Stanbury. They're the number one ranked team in the state right now. 
Um, North Andrews in the driver's seat, but this season's far from over, and, and we've seen a couple times now. We've seen, seen some teams climb to the top uh, of the eight-man football media poll. Mount City have been the top, but that loss this week knocked them down a little bit. But this is a wide-open eight-man football season, probably the more wide-open than it's been in years past because there's so many good teams out there right now. Oh, absolutely. You know, how uh, forgive me for, for surpassing eight-man football in this segment here. Um, East Atchison is actually my team of the week this week for that victory over Mount City. I thought, you know, I've been leaving it up for the last couple of weeks for fan voting on Twitter. And um, I was like, this is undisputedly the team of the week this week. You beat the number one team in eight-man football. The score it was, absolutely. That was a huge shake of an eight-man football. Seems like eight-man football, we got a big game every single week. Oh, yeah, tremendously. And especially, there's going to be a lot of good football down the stretch here in eight-man football when you get in the playoffs, too. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Big games in eight-man football. East Buck, mid, um, Mid-Buck, East Buck coming up this week. Um, a lot of big games going on this week. I know you and your team will be ready to go cover all those. And um, Mr. Mr. Chris Roush, I appreciate you coming on. And um, good luck to you and your team. Thanks, man. I appreciate everything you do for us and all the help you provide on Friday nights, as well as all the coverage you get all these local teams. I know they appreciate what you're doing right now with this podcast this year, so keep up the good work. Always great having my guy Chris Roush coming on from KQ2. You can catch football tonight on Friday nights, 1035 on KQ2. That's it for our first segment. On the next segment, we get into the KCI and the GRC. We talk a little bit more about Mid-Buck and East-Buck, and we preview real heavy the big GRC match between Milan and South Harrison. We'll have all that for you on the second segment of the Week 7 pregame show here on the Cliff Notes Podcast.